Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host, and we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the panelists. Uh, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, yes, he's back. Major Travis Yates. So thanks for being back on the show. We appreciate it at travisyates.org. Also, uh, Captain Brett Bartlett uh, from the from the Sunshine State, Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com. I see a little gang sign that Travis has given us. I don't know. I don't know what all that stuff means. But, hey, uh, thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's officially uh, 2024, I think. I think that, yeah, this is New Year's Day. So uh, I had some people ask us whether we're going to be doing a, a live show on New Year's Day. So thanks, Travis and Brett, for helping make this thing happen. A shout-out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, AUFire.com, Gunlearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. A shout-out to Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com for carrying our content. And also Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media. You know, we're streaming to eight locations, and three of those belong to Red Voice Media. Those three Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Uh, as usual, guys, we have a, a great lineup. You know, the main topics that we start off with have a tendency to be a, a little bit deeper. Uh, this one was actually on Red Voice Media, and uh, it's, it's talking about the Second Amendment. But it posed a, a pretty decent question. Do gun-free zones do more harm than good? So the, uh, the article, and it's written by a guy named Zach Hellman. Uh, gun-free zones have been a subject of debate surrounding the effectiveness of saving lives and reducing gun-related violence. And proponents argue that restricting firearms in certain areas promote safety, while opponents claim that gun-free zones make people more vulnerable to attacks. Now, it goes on to say that gun-free zones are designated areas where the possession and use of firearms are prohibited or restricted, aiming to create environments free from potential firearm-related dangers. These zones are typically implemented in places such as schools, government buildings, specific public spaces, yada, yada. Now, a study by RAND Corporation, that's R-A-N-D, it's an independent research organization. They found no qualifying evidence to support the claim that gun-free zones decrease violent crime or even improve outcomes such as mass shootings, police shootings, defensive gun use, hunting accidents, or unintentional injuries and deaths. The study provides a comprehensive analysis and concludes that there is currently no reliable evidence demonstrating the life-saving benefits of gun-free zones. They're leaving one point out that I can think, one obvious one, but uh, it says also experts from Harvard University, and I'm sorry, anything that comes out of Harvard now is pretty much, you know, I'm not even going to read it because who cares what comes out of Harvard? They're, they're gone. They're, they're so woke. It's just who cares anymore? The idea, though, it closes saying the idea that gun-free zones alone save lives, lack solid evidence, and current research and analysis uh, do not provide conclusive support for the claim that gun-free zones are effective in preventing violence or reducing firearm-related incidents. So there you have it. I'm curious what, what, our, what our panel thinks. Captain Bartlett. Uh, first off, the argument is the anti-gun people care nothing about the safety of the citizens. They only care about an agenda. It has nothing to do with numbers. But, but and, and whether we argue it's a percent this way, or percent, it doesn't matter. SB2 just got put into place in California. They pretty much declared every place in California a gun-free zone. Every place. And until that gets overturned by the Supreme Court, that's going to be a huge problem. So the big point is California. How many criminals are going to adhere to SB2 and stop carrying guns in the places that are now, uh, 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 by law, you can't carry guns? It's never about the criminals. 
ever, ever. Remember a few months ago out in, I think, New Mexico, they asked the governor, hey, is this bill going to stop the bad guys? And she said, after a pause, no, that's that's it. That's the end of it. We got you now, anti-gun people. We know it's not about safety. We know it's not about numbers. It's an agenda. That's all we need to fight is the agenda. Wow. Kind of sounds like we're just disarming good people with guns, Brett. I mean, I mean, if I didn't know any better, that's what I would say. Travis? It shouldn't be a surprise that a government would try to limit the weapons that citizens can have. Uh, the Second Amendment was that important to our founding fathers because they lived in a country that did that. We know countries today that do that, and nobody is going on many vacations there. I mean, I'm talking complete restrictions of firearms, uh, even though we do have some countries that limit it pretty well. But we ought to thank God on this first day of 2024 that our founding fathers, these kids, were able to look down the barrel of the future and go, we need this and we need this. That The, the First and Second Amendment for, is so vital to our democracy and our republic, and this needs to be at the top. And here we are, 250-plus years later, and we'll steer, we'll, steer, we'll steer fighting it. We're still fighting the government on these things, even though it's written down in our Bill of Rights. And they would love nothing more than to get rid of that. And you've seen the fights continue, and the fights continue. Uh, California... Uh, has placed their citizens, especially that go to uh, religious services, at extreme risk because that law has a caveat for churches that the churches has to put a sign up and they have to make a big deal about it. And a lot of churches are nervous about that. They'd rather have their concealed weapons carriers inside the church where nobody knows. And so there'll be churches in California that had armed security before this law that affected the day. They will not have that. And of course, it doesn't work. The people passing it does, knows it doesn't work. Uh, that politician that brett talked about is a, in a rare sense of honesty says it won't work because cr these, these laws aren't passed for criminals criminals don't follow the law and the studies are dangerous out there that say this just stuff doesn't work they are 15 bands which is a rifle you know it's a scary looking rifle but it's just like a hunting rifle as we all know that have a brain that doesn't look as in the media those you know the data after that band says it didn't work the this band none, the fact is it won't work because it doesn't work against criminals and people don't want to believe that. And all the politicians want a virtue signal, but you can solve gun violence. you got to put a lot of guns in good people's hands. And I guarantee you that these robberies and these, these crazy out of control things would stop because there would be severe consequences for doing that. But our country, for some reason, has pulled back from that. Uh, and you see the ensuing results. Uh, violence is not decreasing. They're actually, the politicians are actually using the higher violence to push for more extreme laws on the Second Amendment and knowing it doesn't work. So it's almost like they're letting the violence get out of control so they can get more of the things they want done, uh, which goes back to why do we have a government that's trying to disarm our citizens? By the way, they're not trying to disarm the criminal citizens, Chip. They're letting them go in and out of jail like it's nothing or don't even put them in jail. They're trying, people need to look at this from the, the right viewpoint. They're, when they attack the Second Amendment, they're attacking legal citizens, citizens that follow the law, good, hardworking citizens. They're not attacking criminals because those laws are already all over the law books, and that's done. And so you have to ask yourself, why is a government, when they know these studies exist, when they know it doesn't work, continue to push this? Well, as Brett said, it's an agenda, and they would love nothing more than to do what they did post-slavery and make sure the blacks didn't have guns so they couldn't fight back against the tyranny they were still enduring. OK, and so they will have nothing to do that to the entire country, because then legitimately 
you know, they can then do whatever they want. Watch them coming into 2024, starting to push some of these screwy things under the auspice of a state emergency or national emergency. Remember, we got to go back to 2020 during COVID when they announced a state or national emergency, they could start shortcutting the law, shortcutting the court. So they're going to start making these crazy decisions. And we fell for it. My God, we're out there on the beaches running soccer moms off the beaches. Like we're a bunch of, you know, uh, neighborhood inspectors all of a sudden. So law enforcement, I'd love to know, would think would not fall for this again. And when, if they got told to go take guns, they would say no. If they got told to do something clear to unconstitutional, they would say no. But history just a few years ago tells me we're not there yet. And so we need to be looking out and anticipating the chaos that may ensue as this keeps pushing on. Wow. It sounds like yeah. it's going to get exciting, Brett. There's a couple of levels that need to come into play. The legislative level, they need to stop making these anti-gun laws. But if they do, the police need to stop enforcing them. But if they don't, then the grand jurors need to stop indicting. But if they don't, then the pettit jury needs to stop finding them guilty. Wow. That, right. I need to write a book, dude. You need to write a book. Get that down. Get Yeah. Yeah. Or, or go, fund, go, go fund me. No? Okay. Hey, good, all good point. Yeah, Brett, now Brett's excited about the GoFundMe. Hey, uh, all, all good points. Thanks, gentlemen. Hard topic. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad that Brett, you you uh, you you exposed the lie about how you know criminals are not going to be obeying laws because they're bad guys. So let me let me add one little thing, Chip, before we move on. I just saw a video from Illinois. You know, they just passed a very sweeping uh, re gun registration law, and a citizen in this town meeting said, "So." If I if I don't register, but I pay the fine and then I'm okay, does that make my gun safer? And 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 it went on. And this Congress, uh, Illinois Congressperson, a female, said, "How about this? How about we just start confiscation?" And there was applause from the audience. Wow! Applause. They are so ignorant. They are so ignorant up till the time that the jackbooted thugs knock on their doors. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys. Um Scary, but good. We'll we'll continue to cover stuff like this, and and I'm glad Travis you threw California in the mix on that. Um, an update here on LawOfficer.com: New California law prohibits officers from asking this important question. Of course, we had to go to California to get this. So we're in Sacramento, and listen to this, guys. So just when you thought California could not mess with cops anymore, it's really a well-written article. Governor Gavin Newsom signed AB. 2773. So uh, it's the bill and it's designed to end pretextual stops. So a pretextual stop is when a violator is stopped for a crime, but the officer's looking for more serious crime. So they stop them at a low level thing. Uh, before their world was made to believe this was a bad thing, this used to be called police work by honest cops, right? So from the Oklahoma City bombing suspect to the Unabomber, you guessed it, a number of of a uh, something minor for something, uh, I guess a stop for something minor resulted in something much bigger. And starting in January the first today, California cops will no longer be able to ask drivers, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" So this bill, uh, it would uh, beginning on January the first today, require police officers making a traffic or pedestrian stop before engaging in questioning related to a criminal investigation or traffic violation to state their reason for the stop, unless the officer reasonably believes that withholding that information um, is necessary to protect life or property from imminent threat. The bill would begin January 1st today, requiring officers to uh, document the reason for the stop or any citation, or I guess on any citation or police report resulting from the stop. Wow. Uh, we're going to cover this in just one second. 
I got a little bit more. Be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the new goals at goals.com slash Leo. And hopefully Captain Brett can help me out with this one. And of course, you guys know by now, Gauls is the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement, and that they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, uh, Captain, what's going on at Gauls right now? Uh, I'm, I'm weak at the knees. They've got uh, Carhartt line, all those really, real heavy-duty clothing line. They have Lion brand for the hose draggers. So they've got the hose draggers and the heroes covered. And, uh, you know, that's why uh, God invented cops. So, you know, hose draggers can have heroes. But Gauls has everything for them. Hey, guys, don't wait. Gauls.com slash Leo. They still got gift cards as well. We'll be giving some more out this week. So Gauls.com slash Leo. And, hey, if you're, you have family, friends, and loved ones involved in firefighting or law enforcement, perfect. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, on a last note, uh, you know, the uh, the guys over at lawofficer.com that ran this article, you know, they have um, some advice if this new thing goes through in California. And so here's a su- suggested script. If cops can no longer do pretext stops, here's what they're going to say when they pull you over. Hello, my name is so-and-so, and I stopped you the day for such-and-such. And so in the past, I think you uh, would have been responsible enough to accept my warning and we would have both uh, moved on to our important day. But now Governor Newsom recently passed a law that mandates that I tell you why I stopped you and that I document that reason on any citation or police report. Since I don't do police reports for traffic stops, I will have to issue you a citation to comply with this law. You got it. You got to love it. Uh, I'm still laughing over that. Major Travis. Yeah, I think it's probably time that law enforcement and our leaders go on an offensive when politicians pass these silly laws. Uh, And I'll give you the quick background on this. Uh, Pretextual stops wasn't even a term until post 2020. And all of a sudden, you know, people were telling you it's unconstitutional to stop a car for a violation and then look for something else or find something else. And then all these articles would come out where such and such was shot because of he was speeding. Well, no, he wasn't shot because he was speeding. He was pulled over because he was speeding and he came out with a gun. But that's a whole nother article, I suppose, I can't fit in there. And so once again, as from leadership and law enforcement, we did not respond to this lie because pretextual stops is a constitutional it's been the supreme court made this final in like the early 80s and said this is completely constitutional because they recognize it for what it is it's called common sense chip uh you know we've we've caught numerous bad guys numerous warrants numerous murder suspects because we stopped them on on minor traffic violations and uh but you know this whole mantra is like how we, we brought race into it and people are being stopped because of this or that. And so I have to kind of attach this to this police practice called pretextual stops and everybody gets all scared by it, but it's actually called police work. And unfortunately here we are today after laws are passing, trying to explain this because our own leadership, including our organizations, including our own organizations have failed to really respond 
to this lie. And so I, I do think we need to go on the offensive. I, lo I love what the article said. I'll give, give you a quick personal story, Chip. Uh, it's probably 25 years ago. I was a sergeant on the streets with the squad. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, my officers, they were typically looking for bad guys. Middle of the night, they'd stop a car for traffic. You know, like immediately could tell this, you know, hey, be careful, go on about the way because they're in high crime areas, but they know when they stop a bad guy and they caught plenty of bad guys that way. Well, the work on the street got to this, got, this is 25 years ago, said, oh, if you just file a complaint, you know, they'll stop, they'll, they'll stop making traffic stops or whatever. And we've taken that to a whole new level these days. And so what would happen is officers would have a, a perfectly normal traffic stop. They give them a warning. Hey, be careful out there. You know, it's what law enforcement does, discretion. And these complaints would come back and they would say, they stopped me for no reason. And when I would talk to the officer, the officer would say, well, yeah, I stopped this before cameras. I stopped him because he ran a stoplight. But, you know, he's a grown man. I don't need to write him a ticket to remind him of that. I just told him to be careful next time and let him go about his way. But this whole mantra of these complaints coming. So I had to implement a squad rule. I said, okay, here's a rule. If you stop a car, you got to hang paper. You got to do an FI, you got to do a ticket, a ticket's quicker, but you're not going to stop a car without documenting. Of course, there are state laws now where everybody has to document things, including the one that just passed in New York, which really stymies law enforcement. But back then it wasn't. And so the minute we did that, obviously ticket counts went up, but you know what else happened? The complaint stopped, Chip. Yeah. The complaint stopped because the community decided, wait a minute, this is really backfiring on us because now the officers haven't explained, well, hey, I don't really want to write you a ticket. But because we've gotten so many complaints in the neighborhood of making bad police stops, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a stop. And I'm going to give you a piece of paper to remind you of why you were stopped. Have a great day. And within a month or so, people were saying the complete opposite. OK, OK, uh, get back to what you were doing. We're sorry we opened our mouth. And unfortunately, in the state of California on a statewide basis, they ought to do that. Because if I'm a policeman in California, and I'm having to do this nonsense. Because, by the way, that, that question you can't ask anymore. Do you know why I stopped you? Do you know how many tickets I wrote in 30 years when somebody was honest with me and told me why I stopped them? Ask me, None. Zero. Yeah. If Because I, I, I use traffic enforcement as a way to remind dumb people to not kill themselves. And so if I walked up there and I said, hey, do you know why I stopped you? Which is what, what I would always ask. They would say, they would, they would either go, oh, I got no idea. I ran a stoplight. I was going 30 over. Well, that person needs a citation. They need reminded. But if they say, <laughs> yeah. Uh, officer, I'm running late for work. I know I was speeding. Oh, well, if you know that, I don't need to give you a ticket because I'm, this, you know, I'm not going to fund the city just based on the sweaty what you're doing going to work. But if you are aware that you've made a mistake, then I don't yeah. need to write you a ticket. Have a great day. And I, when they want to talk about community policing and this and that, folks, when you take common sense and discretion away from law enforcement, you're going to upset your citizens and you certainly upset your cops. So what will happen in California, they probably won't do what the article says, although they should. They'll probably just stop stopping cars because why do it? Because then they have to risk being accused of all this nonsense. Right. So the, obviously that's not going to help crime. It's not going to help the core mission, which is crime enforcement. But I want to harper back. It didn't just get to the, the politicians in California without people talking about it. How many people in law enforcement were fighting that fight before the law got passed? Probably very few, unfortunately. Well, Mr. Common Sense himself, Captain Brett Bartlett, love to hear from you. When my son, the day before my son swore as, as policeman 19 years ago, he, he was living with me. And we were talking about the job and he says, Dad, you know, he's, he's out of the academy. He is starting the next day, his first day on the street. It's a big day. And he says, Dad, how do you catch a murderer? And, and it kind of caught me off guard. I said, Jeff, what's a murderer look like? And he said, well, I don't know. I said, let me tell you this, though. Murderers drive. Burglars drive. 
it was either his first day or his first week of the training office. They pulled a guard over for like a, a bad taillight. They found in the car drugs, guns, and money in large quantities. How'd they get into that car? They asked the driver, hey, man, mind if we search your car? At which point he was able to say no, but he didn't. And they took that stuff off the street. And that's what's going to happen. You know, to Travis's point, everybody's going to get mad because they're getting tickets or they're going to get mad because bad guys are transiting the streets now undaunted. They're just traveling everywhere they go. Uh, here's where it's going to end up. Cops are going to live in the precinct house and they're only going to go out when the phone rings. Yeah. So you mean to tell me, Brett, that that bad guys create traffic traffic infractions, too? Is that, oh, is, is buddy. that real? Yeah. Good trust me, I was, I was with the government. You can trust me. Wow. This is making more sense all the time. All right. I love it. Commercial break, guys. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Blue the Gold. And if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures or the liability of getting it wrong, say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give this training for free thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. And next week, they're doing CI to search warrants. Sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. So AUFIRE at AUFIRE.com. It is the gold standard to tackle simulation. And for the first time ever, uh, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AUFIRE's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wondered how to train your officers in real-world situations or wish that you could train them that way, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to AUFIRE.com. So go to the website, check out the cool videos, learn about this amazing product, guys, AUFIRE.com. Com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, and Happy New Year, everybody. You know, uh, we're still live in the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. So we've been talking about California and pretextual stops or the absence of those uh, coming about because of new laws in California. Imagine that. Can't do real police work anymore. If we've exhausted that topic, guys, and you're ready to move on with something with a video component, we got plenty of that, too. So, guys, if you're listening to our show audibly, podcast, radio, Please stay loyal to that platform that's bringing you this good quality content. You know, we'll describe in great detail what's going on in any video component, component that we talk about. And plus, this live show, we in turn embed it with the videos. And we put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. And we put that version of this live show up the next morning at 9 o'clock on our Rumble channel. So it makes for a neat way to watch the show in case you guys absolutely have to see any video component. So on this particular story, we're at Rumble.com and on our favorite law enforcement video channel, called This Is Butter, and also this was covered on uh, Red Voice Media News as well. LAPD officers, they shoot a woman in Koreatown who was attacking a man with a knife. Hey, drop the knife! Drop the knife! Hey! Drop the knife! Drop the knife! Drop the knife! Drop the knife! Shots fired. Officer needs help. Drop, hey, get on the ground now. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground. Let me see your hands. What kind of fight is it? Let me see your hands. I'm too drunk. Get on the ground now. I can't. I'm too drunk. What is it? Hey, get on. Are you shot? Get on the ground now. Get on the ground now. Back up a little. Put your hands up. Matt. It hurts my, my, it hurts. Matt. Are you 
Hey, get on the ground now. Seventy one, you can respond any direction. Hey, get, lay on your stomach. You gonna let him skate on me? Lay on your stomach. You gonna let him fucking skate on me? You gonna let him skate on me, my nigga? Oh, you a bitch. Oh, you a whole bitch. So this woman, who all of us say was attacking this guy with a knife, and she definitely was, shot by police in, uh, in uh, Koreatown late Wednesday night. An assault with a deadly weapon incident was reported around 11 o'clock at night. When the officers get there, they see this, uh, this woman attacking a man with a knife, and an officer-involved shooting occurs. And uh, this guy's got, you know, some kind of a... Uh, uh, you know, like a, uh, a, a, I guess a makeshift boxer, just something that he's holding up to try to, to prevent her from stabbing him. But it took a little while for the shots to be fired, but finally they put her down. And then I have a note here that, um, you know, that she ends up asking, I can't believe you shot me. Like, did you really just shoot me? You know? And then there's some interesting vocabulary that happens until the point where they actually get her handcuffed, which is over a minute. Um, it, it's pretty entertaining, but LAPD Lieutenant, Letitia Rua said the officers responded with force because someone's life was in danger. And um, it goes on to say that the suspect, who was in her 20s, was struck by the gunfire and taken into custody. She was taken to a local hospital, but she was in stable condition. And uh, the video showed the woman arguing with the officers at the scene as she was being detained. And, uh, and yeah, that quote saying, hey, did you really just shoot me? You know, that's just kind of priceless. The victim sustained minor injuries, was treated and released, and the relationship between the victim and the suspect uh, and the motive for the altercation was unknown. I'm sure that's an interesting story. Captain Brett. I was asking also, did, did you really just shoot her? Because I didn't see anything happen afterwards. <laughs> I didn't see a thing. And, and when you see one of those viewpoints, he's very close to her. So my question to him is, if you had a reason, if you had a reason to shoot, what changed after two hits and you didn't hit her? Or it, it didn't work. So when I teach my cadets, it's this. Shoot till you hit, shoot till it works. The number of shots you fire in a deadly force encounter is directly represented by how far you away, how far are you away. If you're that close, man, load it up. If you're 45, 50 yards away, you may have to slow down and take a more precise shot. Why did he stop shooting after two hits? Nothing happened. I, I didn't see any discernible change in her behavior. I didn't see her fall down. And if she didn't fall down, that means she's still a threat. Why didn't you continue to shoot? Good point. You know, Travis, it reminded me of a guy in a, in a lion cage, you know, the trainer with the, like the chair up or something, some barrier between him and this lion trying to go after him. You know, this guy that she was trying to stab. It was, it was wow. Yeah. It, it's amazing that, uh, you know, shooting people with knives is even a story these days. I know the NBA and NFL all took vacation days, uh, when the officers saved that teenager's life when she was getting stabbed. But, uh, you know, this, this, this is a no brainer. You can't be stabbing people. You can't be threatening people with knives and weapons and expect anything less than being shot to your death, to be honest. And Brett's right. This, we see this more and more. It seems like these two shots and nothing happens. And then we just stop shooting. And even sometimes they're going back to tasers and things. And I agree. Uh, it's probably is it's probably psychological in our training. I mean, I can't remember going to a range and shooting at a target till it fell. Okay. Usually you shoot at a target standing up and you get done at standing up. And if you're okay, you've got a few holes in it. Uh, so, you know, doing that for years and years and years, and then you combine that with what you see in Hollywood, which is one shot and they fall out dead 
or they get blown against the wall right with one shot and then the reality happens with high stress and high heart rates and blood pressures and all the things that are happening in those moments and the outcome doesn't come what you want but your brain is still telling you that's the outcome because i've seen this on tv since the time i was a little kid and our training doesn't compensate for that because once again we don't shoot till targets fall but uh, yeah, very interesting to watch. And I was all down with the gal until she started using the racial names. I'm like, where did that come from? That's weird to me. It's 2023. You should really should you really should go to a, a more of an inclusive, you know, diversity type training before you come out here and try to threaten people's lives. I was personally offended by that, as everybody else should be. The knife, ah, uh, not so much. Wow, wow, Brett. You know, um, I, you're right, Travis. There, the training uh, nationwide across. Uh, sucks for police uh for those listeners here in florida to be a police officer you only have to requalify once every two years shooting 40 bullets at a blue target that's not trying to kill you back so yeah we don't prepare them for the gunfight and, and so maybe i shouldn't have been so harsh on the guy maybe he was doing exactly what he was trained to do which is exactly the wrong thing to do shoot till you hit shoot till it works but, you know, qualification courses, they satisfy the lawyers. They don't satisfy the needs of the cops. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Brett. Like, even our state has, has acknowledged you don't get training hours for qualification because it's not training. It meets the legal standard to keep your gun on your hip, but that's not training. There's no decision making, so to speak. There's nothing being learned there. And so... Uh, obviously it's, it takes much more than qualifications and anybody is, I know we think that cops are trained like Navy SEALs, but a state politicians look at the lowest common denominator in the state. Oh, it's the one and a half person police department down here. We have to make sure they pass every year with their resources. So what's the minimum we can make? And you know, it's once every two years, it's, you know, you got to train. There are some states that don't require any training. Illinois requires zero training hours. Uh, once you become a police officer and uh, that's their lowest common denominator, I suppose. So uh, minimum standards will, may, may satisfy the lawyers, but it certainly hurts our profession tremendously. Yeah. And you know, what's going to happen one day, maybe I'll prompt this somewhere down here. A police officer gets in trouble for a bad shooting. If I was, if I was his uh, uh, PBA lawyer or his civilian lawyer, I would dig so hard into those training records. I would, I'd crawl up there behind with a microscope. And I would say this, how have you prepared this officer to survive that gunfight, to win that gunfight? And the answer is, we didn't. And I'd say, well, we're done then. Write me a check with zeros in it. Yeah, we're starting to see some spouses do that after line of duty deaths when they start evaluating the training the officer got. And I've been recommended for years that if you aren't getting adequate training to write an official letter, date and time stamp to the chief's office and inform them of that, put them on notice of that. Uh, because then if something bad happens, you have that documentation that he was put on notice or she was put on notice. Uh, you know, that's obviously maybe an individual doesn't want to do that, but maybe your union should be doing that. Yeah. You need to put them on notice if instead of just complaining about it, put them on notice that you are not preparing us for this job. And then let's see how they act because they seem to jump when an activist is screaming at them. Let's see how they act when an officer puts a well-stated letter in front of them, putting them on notice. We're going to take you for everything you got because you're such a coward. Sounds like they need more courageous leadership. Oh, isn't there a book that, that, about that? Isn't there? A there book? is, oddly enough, yes. And I know a guy. You know well, a it's, guy? Does it's not on Gauls. Yeah, you know a guy that knows a guy, or you know the guy? I didn't think Brett got away from Gauls.com, and it's not on Gauls, so I'm pretty impressed he's aware of it. Well, uh, well, Brad, but yeah, I, but I wrote a segue. 
but yeah, I wrote a book with some of those recommendations and uh, probably not real popular in some circles, but we've got to go on the offensive no matter your rank when things aren't right, because we see when it goes bad, how we're going to be treated. So let's start getting ahead of that bang, so to speak, and do some things on the front end that will make it better on the back end. You know, here, here's what it needs to be going back to the old infantry days. And I think there's a statue, I think it's in Fort Benny, Georgia of the, of the, of the, the, the soldier holding the rifle. He's a leader. And he says, follow me. He's, he says, follow me. That's what chiefs need to be doing. Follow me. Do what I do. Well, look, can they can they go to TravisJH.org, get more information about you, Travis, or even uh, about your speaking engagements and book you and all that good stuff? Yeah, it's all right there, Chip. You'll see the book. You'll see the podcast. You'll see the articles. You'll see if you want to talk to me about booking. I had a phone call this morning from somebody. Phone number is actually right there on the website. So you could just pick up the phone and holler if you're more comfortable doing that. Got to love technology, don't you? It's, it's going to have to be a change in leadership across this country to solve the ills that we've been dealing with with these activists and these these. But, you know, these chiefs, they're at the women will of the mayor. And if the mayor's a communist, the chief's going to have a hard way to go. All right. Well, Brett, you're still at uh, Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com, too, correct? I am. I set out my uh, G requalification dates for the next two months today for the guys in there who need to requalify for their Florida G license. Uh, also sent out dates for the cops that want to requalify for their, their, their annual LEOSA. So uh, that's coming up real soon. Yeah, you got to love. Brett's still a trainer and and still active in training, so good deal. And that, hey, that's where that's where it happens at. Um, so guys, moving along, and I tell you the mouth on the, on that on that chick, by the way, oh, it reminded me of someone that works in like a fair. They get up in that booth, that dunk booth, you know, they they yell trash. Like when I was walking through with my wife Patty, we're like at the Strawberry Festival, and I hear some dude yelling, you know, <laughs> "Look like Tarzan, walk like Jane," and he's talking to me. And I tell you, I almost bought a ball just to throw it at him. But, yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, we'll commercial break. Our last commercial break will be right back. All right, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first, and it's the only company to offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. Captain Brett. Oh, I, I should have turned it off. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So the people that are listening or watch the show, I look, if they've got an open mic, it lets me know that they want to talk unless they forget that it's open from the, from the last episode. So yeah, no, no problem. So, Hey, um, I do want to let our, our listeners know that, um, on Friday, we're going to be doing a, uh, a special show. It's not going to be live. We're going to take a previous show, a, a, a special show. We're going to be putting that, um, on the air and on social media as well. So I, today it's, you guys might remember the story with the Cobra when I had taken it to the auction in July. Well, I'm taking it back to the auction, the Mika Semi. I just got back 
In fact, I, I got to the station, Jimmy, with 15 minutes to spare, didn't I? It was, it was tight. A shout-out to, uh, to uh, Mike Victor for helping me out with the trailer and that beast over there to the uh, Kissimmee auction. So the car is there, and uh, Friday is the day that it's supposed to sell. So Lord willing, uh, somebody will get a really nice car and uh, and I my and my wife will be suddenly overwhelmed with joy when I get rid of the Cobra. Uh, gosh, I have two open mics. <laughs> I I couldn't imagine. Hey, I, I want I just want to give a shout out to Mike Victor too. Mike was one of my detectives, and I was running CIB. One of the best guys I ever worked with. So if you're out there listening, Mike, you the man. Wow, wow, gotta love it, Travis. Well, you mentioned a special episode, Chip. I'm so glad that you opened that conversation up because Steven Crowder has the Mud Club, right, where you get behind-the-scenes uh, activities and you get to meet the, and greet the host uh, on a common basis. And are you going to announce the Chocolate Chip Club that you're announcing for this year, Chip? Where I, I was it's, thinking about it. You think I should go there? Yeah, no? yeah. I think I think you've got a lot of uh, rabid fans that would pay a few bucks to uh, enhance your product here, and I'd be happy to, uh, you know, pole dance or do whatever offline to help out with that. Wow. Well, speaking of enhancements, did you want to add anything, Brett, to that or <laughs> can I pay extra to not have you pole dance? Oh, I'm, I'm, that was from producer Jimmy. I'm still waiting on a donor chip. I'm on the list. You're on the list? <laughs> All right. Keep, keep us, keep us the price of that. Um, look, moving along. Let's see what we got. Yes, we have another story with a video component. Thank God that we get, we have another subject lined up or else we'll be talking about the rest of that for the rest of the show. Uh, at our favorite law enforcement video channel, rumble.com. And it's, this is butter woman fatally shot by LAPD. Yep. We're right back in Cal in California and LAPD officers in Chatsworth after she points a gun at sister and sets the home on fire. Los Angeles Police Department! Hey, let me see your fucking... Shots fired! Let me see your hands! Let me see your hands! Wow, this must be a... Uh, this is the... I guess if you're going to have a sibling, this is this is the way to go. A woman allegedly pulled out... I don't think she's got anything on my on my twin sister, but that's another story for another day. A, a woman allegedly pulls out a gun on her sister during an argument Friday and sets uh, and set her Chatsworth home on fire. Wow, what a sister! It happened at uh, just before two o'clock p.m. at the home, and LAPD officers they respond to the scene. They get reports that the woman was pointing the gun at her sister and was actively trying to light their house on fire. I, I if you watch the video, it's safe to say that, yeah, the, the, she was eventually successful in lighting the house on fire. When officers get there, firefighters are already on the scene working to put out the blaze. The footage shows the flames and thick smoke coming from the home. A photographer captures on video several LAPD officers arriving to the scene and running towards the house. So police ended up confronting the woman in the backyard when the gunfire erupted. The woman, who just described only as a female in her 50s, was shot by police, and, uh, and she later died. Now, in my show notes... Um, you know, this thing goes by fast, and if you're not careful, you you might miss it. She's up against the wall when a cop looks like he's got like an AR or he's got a rifle, and uh, he turns the corner. She's there. He gives her command, and she, she tells him she's not going to. I think he told her, let me see your hands, and she said, like, heck no, or I'm not going to do it or whatever. And uh, and then all of a sudden he jumps. Well, they do it like a, a slow motion with a freeze frame, and you can see she's actually got a gun, and she's pointing at, at the cop before he lights her up. And when I say lights her up, Travis, he lit her up. Those rifles are a force multiplier. I highly recommend <laughs> it. Right. And I will say in the video, if you'll notice, 
you see no firefighters stopping the cops running towards a burning building with someone with a weapon. It's uh, an interesting so I'm, perspective. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that America's heroes were throwing water on the situation. Meanwhile, we were saving lives while we were there. I'm glad it wasn't a church or a school because we wouldn't have been able to carry our guns in there. It would have been a, you know, school free zone. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when this happens to see the next excuse. And we'll just use that as another excuse to to uh, create more laws. And let me tell you, we could stop all these shootings tomorrow. You put you put a, a retired law enforcement military person inside a school with a weapon at every school. It could be paid for with tax dollars. I'd, I'd pay 50 more bucks for every handgun I bought just to go towards that. But the problem is the politicians wouldn't wouldn't use it for that. That works. I mean, you can do look at the studies where the shootings or the, the violence acts that happen with armed guards there versus none. That's why these gun free zones are a magnet for bad guys. They know they won't be having anybody go against them. I got a guy that needs a job. It's a, a retired uh, Broward County Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson. He might be interested in that. You know, the SRO from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Too soon. Oh, oh, Too soon. oh can, I, can I say? Can I say? Oh, go ahead. As long as you don't use the word coward. We don't, we don't hire cowards. <laughs> he said it. He said it. Okay. I think FCC will let you get by with that. All right, so. Chip. So people used to ask me, why do you carry a pistol? And I said, because my AR won't fit in my holster. That, why do you carry a rifle? Because my Crown Victoria won't fit in my holster. Bring the biggest gun you can to the fight. Um, they did a lot of good coordination. It sounded like on this call, right? You know, this guy was calling out commands and, you know, there was a lot of coordinated movements. Imagine this training scenario. Okay, guys, here's a scenario. You're going to, uh, a lady has a gun. you got to go get her. Okay, we train. And then the trainer goes, and we're going to set the house on fire. Sound of them. I mean, at one point in the video, one of the officers tells the other officer, just run through it really fast. Yeah. Like, like we know what the hell we're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great training tip. Hey, it's on fire. Just run well, through really yeah. fast. You'll be fine. I yeah. wish that our bag, bag lady would have taken this seriously, set herself on fire like Hollywood and come oh. out blazing, right? But she didn't. She wow. didn't. She, she copped out of it. You're going to get some haters on YouTube for that one. All right. The only thing they could have added to this, if a, if an alien stepped out of somewhere, that's the only, that's the only thing they could add to this. All right. Uh, move it. We got to move on. We got to, but look, I got, I got one more video. It's, it's still at rumble.com still on our favorite channel. This is butter. And also at red voice media body cam video shows LAPD. Wow. We're still at LAPD. They shoot another one. This time it's a hatchet wielding man in North Hollywood. Be careful. Okay. Careful. What? Hey, watch the Hey, be careful. Never you lie uh -huh. to me. Hey. I love the officer. Okay, wait. I love the officer. Okay, do me a favor. Hey, Espanol? Hey. 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 I speak all of the language you know and the control. What's up? Okay, for favor. Okay, no one will take that. No one said recycle? No, never I make the recycle. Why? The law you make yeah. is trash. Hurry up, Francisco. Hey, God live in you. Alba. Alba is my name. My last name. Hey, Francisco. Don't listen to me. I'm not going to Alba. Hey. Look up. Taser, 
So the video shows LAPD, they shoot this guy close range after he approaches a group of officers while wielding an apparent hatchet. You know, this went on for a while, and then we kept getting more and more cops showing up on the scene. The shooting happened Thursday, 2 p.m., just outside a Super 8 motel, because, of course, that's where shootings happen at in North Hollywood. But it shows police communicating with this guy from a distance for several minutes. Suspect walks across the street towards officers as he holds a hatchet in his hand. Police then begin shooting less lethal rounds. Let me tell you, they're going off like there's no tomorrow. I'm talking a taser, shotgun, you know, you know, beanbag rounds. I mean, everything's flying through the freaking air. And uh, this guy starts getting closer to an officer, and he ends up being shot multiple times, falls to the ground. But it doesn't even cover the potential crossfire situation. I mean, there are cops everywhere. LAPD Captain Kelly Muniz told reporters at the scene the officers tried to subdue the suspect with less lethal weapons, including beanbags, taser, 40-millimeter munitions and stuff. The guy was transported to the hospital in critical condition after he was struck by gunfire. I'm surprised he lived that long. Uh, any commentary on this, guys? we got about a minute and a half. Travis. Well, I'm sure glad California banned the use of plastic straws. Things are going well there. Uh, I'm so glad that they've just passed these laws to further hamper police. I'm so glad that they passed laws to circumvent Graham v. Connor and use of force. And those cops are working with less tools than everybody else. Because it sure is working when it comes to violence, right? It's putting them in more positions where they're having to use deadly force than ever before because of these so-called reforms that these politicians are throwing out there. So they do hate you. That's why they're doing it. They know it doesn't help public safety. They know it puts officers in a bad light. They know it creates more violence and lets them talk about more reforms. They know this from the beginning because they're not dumb. All these politicians have researchers and they know what they're doing. So they hate you if they're not giving your law enforcement officers in your area the tools they need to succeed. This is the outcome because at the end of the day, we will go home. We will survive. We will win. Wow. All right, Captain, 38 seconds. Put the axe down. Put the axe down. Spray him in the face. He'll put the axe down. Oh, so you would do you would go uh less lethal. Well, especially with that big fat cop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, cop. oh gee. I'm sorry. Did cop, he say of, that? cop of girth was standing there like it was just another day. Like it was just another day. There's a guy there with an axe oh. with it, and he's just standing there. He started it. He started it. Okay. All right. All, all good. Hey, thanks so much, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, Major Travis Yates, uh, TravisYates.org, Captain Brett Bartlett, Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com. Uh, I usually take this time to mention Lieutenant Randy Sutton's 501c3 called The Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's a uh, fantastic organization. Uh, worthy of your support. And you know what? The best thing is, is that they're not going to embarrass you. Now, they just did this uh, Guitars for Cops thing. Travis talked about this last week. And uh, they, they sold out of guitars. The artists got together. They signed more guitars, and there's more available. So guitarsforcops.com, uh, and the four is the number four. So guitarsforcops.com. Uh, check that out, guys. It's uh, it's pretty cool for $1,000. You can pick the artist that you want to sign that guitar and get that guitar and the signature all delivered. It's a fantastic thing. The Wounded Blue, thewoundedblue.org. Hey, also, give, I want to give a, another shout-out to our sponsors. Please support them. Gauls, aufire.com, gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com, and mymedicare.live. Also, Brian Burns for the free press. Thank you at tampafp.com. Ray Dietrich, redvoicemedia.com. Thanks, guys. We'll see you back tomorrow, Tuesday, 12 noon Eastern.